This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Why have I not got my microphone? There we go. You can hear me now. I was wondering, why have I not got my microphone? You're going to be able to hear me in a really strange voice. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well this morning. Uh, It's uh, only going to be a short show today, unfortunately. I've got uh, a lot on after about 20 past eight, so I'm going to have to be quick in and quick out with all of the news so uh, we can get all that done and get through plenty of your questions as well, I do want to make sure that we get through as many of those. But as always, good morning to people that have joined us uh, in the chat box. We've got Kaiser and Matt and Paul and Stevie and Lloyd, Talib. Uh, we've got Mr. Ginger Guna, Kevin, Andy. Kevin again. Kevin's very keen. Mike says Liam. Uh, we've got Steve. We've got Andy, AV, Carl, Philip. Uh, did you, I, uh, in the chat box, Pedro, uh, and yes, Jeff, we will agree to disagree indeed <laughs> on plenty of things, I am sure. Good morning to all the rest of you as well. Sorry, I can't read out everybody's names. Um, there is quite a few of you, and we've got a lot to get through. So without further ado, let's do that uh, by first of all telling you to go and subscribe to the Arsenal Way if you haven't done so already. And subscribe here because we are less than 50 subs now away from hitting 28,000 subscribers. Um, please do hit that subscribe button if you have not Uh, done so already and thank you to everyone that makes this show part of their morning or evening or midday routines wherever you are in the world or very early morning if you're in the west of course and thank you so much for continuing to support the channel Um, but our first story revolves around Lucas Torreira who scored his first goal for Fiorentina at the weekend and by all accounts and what I'm hearing He's having a fantastic time now he's integrated into the team. Those that are watching Fiorentina are very much enjoying his continued development at the Serie A club. And he will return to Arsenal considering he has an option in his Fiorentina contract. It could be activated by the Italian side. You'd imagine that they would be a pretty flush with cash if they're able to sell Dusan Vlaovic um, in the summer or in January, which would enable them to be able to afford the Ukrainian, Uruguayan central midfielder. Uh, We'll have to watch this space to see if indeed uh, he does end up moving to the Italian side in the summer. Let's move on to following Balogun, uh, who continues to be linked with a loan move away from Arsenal in January. And Middlesbrough have indeed supposedly joined the front queue of clubs that are trying very, very hard to secure the services of following Balogun for the summer. He would provide them with 
of course, plenty of attacking quality. I watched their game at the weekend uh, with Bournemouth and they created a ridiculous amount of chances to Middlesbrough and they just kind of lacked that finishing ability to kill the game off. Uh, and it feels to me as though a Balogun up top for them would certainly add plenty of clinicalness to their game. And that's something that I would think that it would really benefit in moving to a club like Middlesbrough, actually getting plenty of minutes, scoring plenty of goals, move back to the Premier League with Arsenal. But there are other options. Saint-Etienne, we know, are aware. Millwall, Swansea, other clubs. And there are, in fact, as many as double digits in regards to the number of clubs interested in following Balogun. So he has plenty of choice to choose from this winter. And it's certainly one I would be interested in Middlesbrough being the choice he chooses in the summer under Chris Wilder, who was very keen to sign him whilst he was at Sheffield United. Now, Kulazewski, uh, the Swedish international, continues to be linked with the club and actually could form part of a potential swap deal for Arsenal, which revolves around this man, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Now, Arsenal were, of course, interested also in Artur, the Brazilian midfielder at Juve. Uh, both players, Kulazewski and Artur, are not integrated into the first team set up at present and what they are currently uh, facing is a situation where they're really kind of pushed to try and qualify for that top four they need that striking option a Bamian could present them with that option whilst also moving on players that are not yet in Massimiliano Allegri's plans and may not be in Massimiliano, Massimiliano Allegro, Allegri's plans <laughs> Jesus how long name to say what you're saying over and over again um, but what it is looking to be is something that could be used as a make-way for a number of teams. We've already heard the swap links with Barcelona and Usman Dembele. Frankie de Jong doesn't seem too happy and people have suggested maybe we should be looking towards the Dutch international in a possible swap deal. But it does seem that Aubameyang could leave the club in January and there are a number of clubs across Europe that are tracking the Gabonese striker situation, which could lead to a possible deal. We all have to wait and see. And finally, Romano, Fabrizio Romano, has been speaking on his Here We Go podcast about the Arsenal January situation and what is expected. He says the focus for Arsenal in January is the opportunities in the midfield. We've said about the striker position, they already started to look for a new striker for 2022. There is a possibility of signing a striker in January if they find the right opportunity. But January transfer markets are difficult for the summer of 2022, Arsenal's plan is to find a new striker. Let's see what happens with Aubameyang. They'll look for opportunities in January, but I don't expect anything big from Arsenal. They signed many players last summer, so the focus is the 2022 summer transfer window to go for a new midfielder and a new striker. This is the plan for Arsenal, which obviously does not fill us with loads of confidence regarding how much we can expect to see in the January window. My expectation, of course, was that we would be looking to sign probably a midfielder on loan to provide some cover for the African Cup of Nations, which still at the moment is going ahead. But there were rumours that it may not. We'll have to wait and see on that one. But I would be a bit disappointed if we were to bring in no one, especially when the opportunity to get top four does seem very much there for the taking. As I said, it is going to be a short show today, so we're going to move straight on to your questions before we finish things up at 20 past eight. So we've got about 12 minutes or so to go through as many of your questions in the chat box as possible. So get them into the chat now. (music) 
Okay, let's jump into the chat box and see what you guys are saying. Axelrod says, hey, Tom, what's the striker update? Don't think DCL is good enough. Thoughts on Vlaovic and Yusuf Enesri. I disagree with you on DCL, as you know. Uh, Vlaovic is continuing to not be so interested in a move to Arsenal, whilst Yusuf Enesri has not currently been playing for Sevilla because he's currently out injured. There is no links to him of concrete of a concrete nature whatsoever. There's nothing concrete regarding uh, Calvert-Lewin, regarding anything more than interest. And it doesn't seem that Vlaovic would be interested in a move to Arsenal. So those three in particular don't seem too likely to take place in January. If any striker at all will move to Arsenal in January, I doubt it and have always doubted it. I think it would be a summer move. But stranger things, as we always say, have indeed happened. Kojan says, Tom, would you take Rafinha as Pepe's replacement at Arsenal? I think I would, you know. I think I would be interested in Rafinha at Leeds. I think he's a really solid player that has transitioned from Liga to the Premier League much better than Pepe did, in fact. So why not look towards Rafinha as a possible option? Jonathan says, hi all, just joined. What? Haaland in January? Yeah, absolutely no chance. <laughs> absolutely no chance whatsoever. John says, Tom, if Harry Kane had the word Xhaka on his back, how many red cards would he have this season? Would he even be playing? I think he'd be in a perpetual state of suspension if he had the name Xhaka on his back. Absolutely ridiculous that he wasn't sent off yesterday for his challenge. I, I, I say I can't believe it. I absolutely can believe why he wasn't sent off and why Diego Jota wasn't given a penalty. Clumsy challenge by Emerson Royale. Clear as day penalty. Should have given Liverpool the lead in that moment and they probably would have pushed on to a victory. Cannot understand that whatsoever. Tom says, there are there any unsettled strikers on the market that would be up for a loan in January? Unsettled? I mean, Luka Jovic, you could obviously point towards possibly he would be available for a loan deal. But beyond that, you aren't looking at too many that would really add enough quality to the Arsenal team. Maggi says, regarding Balogun's low move, is it more important that he gets as many games as possible or the system of the team that he plays? I think that it needs to be a balance. Uh, I know that's a really cop-out answer, but he needs to play and it needs to be in a system that would suit his style and that would allow him to develop in a way that he could come back to Arsenal and integrate into the team much simpler. But I, would, I guess that you would prioritise minutes over the system, but you still need to find a balance and you need to find the opportunity that's going to be best for him and for the club. Thankfully, because there is a lot of interest in the player, it shouldn't be too difficult to find a balance of both. Ian says, is there any chance that we could play Smith, Rowe, Erdogan, Saka, Martinelli altogether? There is. You could operate in a 4-3-3 with a single number six. However, I would be surprised to see that happen. Ashton says, any links with Guido Rodriguez? Is he what we need in January? Real Betis midfielder was linked to him in the summer. Hasn't uh, seen any links to him push forwards beyond what we've already seen in the summer. I don't think he would be one that the club are looking to target this winter, but we could see some links pop up between now and the January window. Nelson Mendes, hey Tom, who is your number one ideal striker signing? Ideal, I mean, you don't look too far past Vlaovic. He's one of those young strikers that you can't really say no to based upon his age and its quality. He looks like a superstar in the making. Beyond that, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is certainly a pick for me that I would like to see us consider. Um, Renato Sanchez or Frank Kessie? Frank Kessie all day long. Uh, Chilongu says, the Basuma rumours have died down. Does that mean Arsenal have totally disregarded his acquisition? 
I imagine that that's the case. They've gone very, very quiet. Harish says, can Premier League call itself the best league when awful refereeing decisions impacting the results of a match, thereby the league positions? I mean, the Premier League does call itself the best league in the world. You'd argue it's got the best clubs in the world. But what you would say is that it's officiating is one of the poorest. Although when you watch European football, the refereeing doesn't tend to get too much better, especially in Spain. I've seen France have some issues with it too. Germany, less so, but Spain in particular is awful for officiating at times. Uh, Steve Stone says, if Robertson was English and Kane was Scottish, uh, who knows, maybe we'll see a different outcome. Zana says, if Chelsea are still in a title race, six points behind, then is it realistic for Arsenal to be in a race for third, six points behind? Absolutely not. I mean, there is no uh, reasonable argument to say that Arsenal cannot catch Chelsea at this moment in time and that they are absolutely struggling to pick up points and it's glorious to see it happening. Jonathan says, are you worried about Spurs' performance yesterday? Somehow they gave me last season's Aston Villa vibe. Differences, Villa are more clinical. I think they played a perfect game, annoyingly. They hit Liverpool on the counter. They did it a number of times, played the ball long. When Arsenal went to Anfield, we really tried to play through Liverpool. It didn't work. You can hit Liverpool like that. But Liverpool were missing some very, very big players. No Van Dijk, no Fabinho, no Thiago. Their midfield was made up of, uh, I mean, they had James Milner, Naby Keita and Morton. They were always going to struggle. Uh, and of course, with no Van Dijk, you're going to always have a little bit of an issue there. And Alisson was having an absolute nightmare of a game as well. So I think Spurs had a lot of fortune against Liverpool yesterday. Uh, Joshua says, would Svanberg be a good signing? Yes, Matthias Svanberg. Would be a good signing. Very interesting central midfielder playing in Serie A. Swedish international. I would be interested in considering a move for him because he looks to be on the rise all the time. Uh, Byron says both Kane and Robertson deserve red. I think the ref gave Andy red because Andy intentionally kicked the player and wasn't even looking at the ball. And that's dangerous play with intent to do harm. I mean, I agree. I think both of them were red cards, uh, but you're never going to see Harry Kane sent off. It's just blasphemy to even consider sending Harry Kane off in a game of football. Uh, Lars says, do you think uh, there will be an exit for Mainsley in January? After Xhaka's return, his minutes probably will be minimum. Yes, I expect Mainsley to play tomorrow against Sunderland, but my expectation is indeed uh, that he will look to move on in January. If not, he will definitely be moving on in the summer window. Kevin says, morning, Tom. I'm eating humble pie this morning. Admittedly, I was Arteta out up until a couple of weeks ago. However, I think he's starting to get a really sweet tune out of these players. Fair play. We always respect those that hold their hands up and want to change their view at any point during the season. Raleigh says, how many players that Arsenal can sell and how many players are out of contract? Out of contract in the summer are Lacazette and Ketia. Uh, let's have a look. Arsenal squad transfer mart. I think that might be it. Um, Trying to think of any others uh, that would be out of contract in the summer. Uh, Leno's 2023, 2022. Say a Kalasinac is out of contract. Callum Chambers, I believe, has an option so that we can extend, but it does say that he runs out in the summer. Mohamed El Nenny in 2022 as well. And as I said before, Lacazette and Eddie and Ketia. So there's a few that are running out of their deals. In regards to who we can sell in January, you think Mohamed El Nenny or say a Kalasnach could both go. Abamyang has a contract that expires in 2023, but could still go in January. Rob Holding could leave. Chambers could still leave. 
there's a number of players that could look to move on. We could try and move Cedric on, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who we've already mentioned, Lacazette or Eddie Nketiah could go in January. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. I'd be surprised if Lacazette goes. Nketiah could surely go in January. We'll have to wait and see. You see, it says, Tom, how about Nkunku as a false nine? We play way better when Laka plays in that role and Nkunku would be a perfect upgrade. I like Nkunku as a player. Whether or not he could play as that sole false nine, I'm not sure in an Arsenal side it's a situation that would work. I like someone that can be in the box a lot more and I think we'd do better to allow Erdegaard that space in the number 10 position. But we'll have to wait and see. Maybe it's something that Arsenal look to move forward with. What do you think of Sevilla striker Rafa Mir? Obviously recently joined Sevilla in the summer, so I doubt he's going to leave. Um, but did very well for Spain at the Olympics and has kind of continued in Yusuf Nezri's stead. I'm not sure, though, that I'd be looking to bring him in at Arsenal. Shalongu says, would you consider a move for Marcus Rashford and Serge Gnabry? Of course, they're both fantastic players. Um, but I don't think either of them will be joining the club at all. Uh, Axel Rod, yes, Kulazewski on loan with an obligation to buy would certainly be something that I think Arsenal may consider. Whether or not it's what we should consider as Arsenal fans and wanting that deal to happen, I have greater reservations. If you said that we were swapping Aubameyang for Kulisevsky, though, I would be more open to that as a possible move this January. Uh, Viraj says, uh, Charlie Patino against Sunderland. I'd be I'd be surprised, but considering Lukonga's tested positive, there may be some issues because of positive tests. We'll have to wait and see, but we may see some youth kids used in the team tomorrow evening. And with that, uh, we are going to wrap things up. I know it's been a shorter show, but I've got things going on this morning, I'm afraid. I'll be back this afternoon at 5pm UK time with some of the members from the Discord server to talk all about the Sunderland game in a lot more detail. So do remember to join us then. Set that alarm clock. Make sure you turn those notifications on so you never miss a show. We're nearly at 28,000 subs, please do hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Uh, and hopefully this week as well, we'll be bringing you a tactical breakdown on Kulazewski as well to keep you up to date with how good he is as a player. Look forward to seeing you soon. Drop a like on the video, subscribe if you're new, and as always, up the Arsenal. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.